Hey friend, welcome to the Authentically ADHD podcast with me, your host, Carmen. I'm a certified life coach, a teacher, and an ADHDer, and I'm here to talk all things ADHD with you, give you the latest research, facts, and tips, of course, strategies to help. So being diagnosed later in life was very difficult for me, so I've made it my mission to help as many people as I can so that no one has to feel the way that I did. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to Authentically ADHD with me, your host, Carmen. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm a teacher, a life coach, a late diagnosed ADHDer, and I created this podcast to help others improve their lives the way I have by learning about myself through my coaching program focus and learning about my unique brain and how it works, and also by creating this space of community and connection. Are you ready for the episode? Let's get started. Hi friend, and welcome back to Authentically ADHD with me, your host, Carmen. I decided to rebroadcast one of my most listened to episodes for a couple reasons. One, because there is gold in this episode, literal gold. Well, maybe not literally, but it is something that will change your life. Because did you know that we can change our own thoughts? Because thanks to my coach and her focus program for adults with ADHD, I've learned how to process my emotions, sort them out, and reframe my thoughts so that I can change them in order to get some better results. But first, we're going to go over some of the ways that ADHD brains go into default thinking mode. So our brains are just like everybody else's brains. We all have these things called cognitive distortions, okay? And cognitive distortions are things that are obviously cognitive They're internal mental filters or biases that increase misery. They fuel anxiety and shame, and they make us feel bad just like about ourselves. And this doesn't have to just do with ADHD. All humans experience um, cognitive distortions. It's just that with ADHD, because of our emotional regulation and some of the other executive functions we struggle with, these cognitive distortions can feel super true and they can be really harmful. So are you ready to learn about some cognitive distortions that our brains love to latch onto and then learn about a major brain hack because I am so ready to share it with you. So let's get started. Hi friend, could you do me a huge favor? 
If you're not already, could you scroll up to the top of your podcast app and click that follow button and possibly give me a rating and if you could a review, it would mean so much to me and my goal to get as much information out to the people with ADHD as possible. I appreciate you so much for listening. Thank you and let's get back to the show. So the first cognitive distortion I want to talk about is called magical thinking. For ADHDers, magical thinking is basically fantasy thinking. So it's us thinking that anything will take just five minutes or it's fantasy scheduling. Like I can get, you know, all of these things done in one day when really you don't have the capacity to do that. Another uh, great magical thinking we have is, I can make this work, especially when the things that you're trying to make work, like time doesn't even allot for it, or the person that you need to be there can't be there. No, we can't make it work. It, it's a fantasy. Um, another one, a second one that ADHD years fall into a lot, and people with anxiety and depression also fall under um, having these cognitive distortions a lot, but it's when you think in absolutes. So it's called black and white or all or nothing thinking. So um, it's like, I'm always a terrible driver. I never arrive on time. I am always disorganized. They tend to be negative, um, but they can also be like, about somebody else, the distortion, like she always has a perfect life or he always has, um, you know, a better way of handling things. Nobody always or never does anything. It's, it's just not a thing. It's black and white thinking, which is, it can be very harmful. Now, the next one that we tend to do is catastrophizing. Now, this is like toxic negativity, so it's something bad happens, and then you just think of it in the worst, in the worst, in the worst ways. So, a catastrophizing example would be like something, somebody calls you and tells you that, you know, your kid got hurt at school, and in your head as you're driving to the school, you're thinking, oh my goodness, you know, did he fall off the monkey bars? Did he, you know, get really hurt? Oh my God, what if he broke his arm? Oh my God, what if we go to the hospital? Oh my goodness, what if he needs surgery? That's catastrophizing. And it goes along with overgeneralizations, which is the next one. It's making broad interpretations without any real evidence. Like all the school told you is that your son fell and that he's hurt and you, your mind already has him in surgery, replacing some bone or fixing something. Um, when we overgeneralize, it can also turn up as like, you know, being awkward. Like I'm always awkward. Whereas you may feel awkward during a job interview, but when you're with people that are safe and that you love and that love you, You don't necessarily feel awkward, do you? Keep that in mind. 
we will we will be returning to that little fact the next one is personalization oh my goodness ADHDers make everything personalized this is something I've been working on um, for a long time and basically the thought to counteract this personalization is nobody is out there to stick it to you and I'm gonna thank my assistant and longtime friend Jacqueline Lyles for teaching me that phrase no one is here to stick it to you this is usually whatever it is it's not about you it's about them so it's really the belief that we are responsible for things that are out of our control like the way that other people are feeling or the way that they feel about us we are so sensitive to rejection and so it seems so much worse when it happens to you uh, the counterpart to this is pretty much radical acceptance and accepting the fact that we can't control the people the people have free will just like we do and we don't want to take that away from them uh, radical acceptance also looks like yeah it is raining outside and I can't fight reality about that. Another way of radical acceptance is saying everyone is going through something. So always be kind. The next one I find very humorous because I used to do this. I mean, I still do, just not out loud. It's called mind reading. And it's basically jumping to a conclusion, thinking someone means one thing when they mean something else. For example, I used to do this a lot with my friends. When they would text me, I would put a tone to it. And I would try and mind read, try and say, oh my gosh, she's mad at me. Or, oh my gosh, I said something that she didn't like or this or that. When I realized that I'm the one putting the tone on the text. This happens a lot with things that happen electronically or without somebody's voice because you can't read tone over text message. So you can't mind read what somebody's thinking or what they think about you over a text message. Unless they have added, you know, uh, punctuation and emojis that are conveying their emotion or their tone, it's usually not what they're doing. We also do this thing called fortune telling where it's kind of like mind reading or jumping to conclusions about the future when we have no facts or actual evidence to back that up. Like, well, if I do this, then I'm never going to do that project. Um, or fortune telling can look like, well, I can't look for a new job because if I don't have this job, then what will I do next year? It's, it's really about worrying too much into the future and making up scenarios that make us too scared to move forward with things that we're scared to do but that we want to do. The next one is something that's really, really connected with today's episode and the brain hack that I'm going to reveal to you. And it's called emotional reasoning. And it means that you assume that your emotions are reflecting the way that things actually are. I'm going to repeat that because 
I think it's important. Emotional reason, reasoning is assuming that your emotions are reflecting the way things really are. So if your emotion is this sucks, your brain will go find all of that evidence to prove you right that this, whatever this is, sucks. If you believe or feel that you are always a nuisance, your brain will go to work to prove that true. It even goes to work to prove it true by making you be like that. So if you think I'm a nuisance, I'm annoying, I am messy, those things, those thoughts, and those emotions that are connected to the thoughts are going to reflect the way things really are if you believe them and feel them and think them strong enough. Our emotions are not facts. Our thoughts are not facts. So I want you to keep that in mind. Something else that ADHDers do a lot, and people who have depression do this a lot too, it's called disqualifying the positive. So it's really what it says. It's only recognizing the negative aspects of a situation while you're minimizing or ignoring the positive aspects of a situation. So let's say you are, you know, you're doing a new workout, health and fitness program, and you are only recognizing the fact that you're sore, the fact that you don't like the food, the fact that you hate drinking a shake every day or whatever, and you are not uh, um, acknowledging the positive aspects, like that you have more energy throughout the day or that you're able to regulate your emotions better than usual. You're disqualifying any positive aspects and only recognizing the negative aspects which, to tell you the truth, really magnifies all the negative and makes it hard to recognize positive things. One of the last ones I'm going to talk about is called should statements. Now, I do have an episode all about this called Stop Shooting on Yourself. But basically, should statements like, I should be doing this instead of that. I should have been a better person person. I should have done a better job. All that those should statements do is give shame. They produce shame. Okay. So when we use should statements, we are shaming ourselves. And shame is a fuel that only leads to hiding, procrastinating, and avoiding. So when we should we shame. And that's not useful at all. And you're going to find out why in the next part of this episode. I can't wait to share this with you. Some other cognitive distortions that we struggle with is they are um, problematic positive thoughts, which I also have an episode on. And you can go and listen to that one to find out more about different cognitive distortions that we experience. But I have something to tell you, my ADHD, my friend. Thoughts are just sentences in your brain. 
I'm going to repeat that for emphasis, so please lean in. Your thoughts are just sentences in your brain. You get to choose what thoughts you want to keep and which ones you want to let pass on by. Thoughts are not the news. They are not reporting to you what's actually happening. A thought in your brain is actually alerting you that you have a feeling because that's how life works. It's like 101. You have a situation. For example, my husband said words. Now, those words could have been like, you are the worst person in the world. I hate the way that you make this dinner, etc., etc. Then, from that comes a thought, i.e., he thinks I'm stupid and worthless. Now, remember, the situation is just, my husband said words. It's the words that he said that made you think I'm stupid and worthless. And then that thought creates an emotion in your body. For me, I probably feel shame or guilt. And then, I don't know if you know this, but Dr. Russell Barkley talks about it in his books. And it's that our emotions are the fuel to our actions. And out of shame, we may take action we don't believe in or that does not align with our values or the person we want to be. For example, screaming, slamming doors, isolating, etc. This in turn creates our results, results, which to me don't seem to be that great from the examples that I have here. But guess what? Did you know that we can change our thoughts and emotions? Now, I'm not talking about like magical, like I am the best person in the world, blah, blah, blah. But thanks to my coach, Kristen Carter and her focus program, I have learned how to manage my thoughts. I can change my emotions about things by changing the way that I think about it. And I want that for you too. So I want you to think about it. If you think the thought I'm never organized, do you think that that will ever lead you to even try to become organized? If you think the thought I will never meet my standards in life, or I will never meet my goals that I set for myself, do you think you'll even try or do you think you will give up? Because your thoughts and emotions fuel your actions. Now, feel free to use the freebie that I have in the show notes um, to follow along, to use when you need it. But this is the big brain hack. First, get all your thoughts out on paper. Even when you like stop, keep asking your brain like, what else? What else? Set your timer for like five, about 10 minutes and do that first. Then go through and find the most pervasive thought. There might be a few, but just find one at a time. And then find the emotion that's causing that thought. Then write down the actions or inaction that you are taking from that emotion, because that's our fuel, remember. Then write the results. 
Usually these results will align with the thought you are thinking in some way, whether it's, you know, the opposite or you're proving your thought to be how life is. Then I give you space to reframe that thought. How do you want to feel about it? So I'm going to give you a real uh, life example here. Um, there, I had a situation with um, my brother and I thought something, you know, there was a situation. He said words. I thought he's an inconsiderate jerk. Then <laughs> my emotion was anger. I took some actions out of anger and my results weren't so great. So then I asked myself, how do I want to feel about this? And I thought about it and I'm like, I want to let him have his own emotion in his own way. And him doing what he did was not showing me that he didn't care about me. It was, it was all about himself and his own feelings. This kind of goes back to, we can't control all the people, but we can control our own minds. We can manage our own minds. And it's one of the biggest ways to start working with your ADHD. So feel free to use the freebie in the show notes. And on my website, you can find me on socials. So please share with me what you found out of this practice, because it's one of the things that I do daily to help with my mindset. I hope that this episode was super helpful, and I hope you have a great week. Stay authentic, my friends. We'll talk soon. Hey, ADHDer. If you want to dive it deeper into these concepts, head to my show notes to join the Adult ADHD Program for Adults by Kristen Carter. Focused. It's amazing and it's changed my life and it can change yours too. Head to the show notes and get $50 off your first payment. You won't regret it.